welcome to FinTech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Today's show, I have Jennifer Thomas, Director of Business Development for Accelerate. Accelerate is a well-known financial advisor CRM tool that is built over top of the Salesforce platform. I brought on the show today to talk about what Accelerate excels at. And with that, here's my interview with Jennifer Thomas. Jennifer, thanks for taking time today. Yes, thanks for having me. Jennifer Thomas of Accelerate, <laughs> tell us about Accelerate. Yeah, so Accelerate, as you mentioned, is an overlay or a custom version of Salesforce. So we basically use all the, the power and strength and wonderful things that Salesforce offers. And then we come out of the box with a fully customized version specific to this industry to serve firms. So what we're doing is providing that initial customization and that initial out-of-the-box solution, and then handling and be, and uh, working with clients to onboard them, train them, and then fully support them along the way. I like to think of it as Salesforce with bumpers. If you're a bowler, bumpers keep you moving down the path. They uh, keep you from having any gutter balls. And that's kind of how I like to position what, what we want to be doing with our clients on an ongoing basis. Excellent. So let's talk about the history of Accelerate. How did it come to be and how has it evolved? Sure. So Accelerate pre-2010 was an unmanaged package in Salesforce, which basically means like a one-time install. And then Consenter Services, the company that now owns and works with and develops and supports everything to do with Accelerate, bought Accelerate in uh, 2009, I believe, and forged a partnership with Salesforce. So that partnership allows us now to have what's called a managed package, meaning we can continually provide uh, updates. So we do release updates throughout the year. Um, It is an ever-evolving product, just like Salesforce itself. And uh, with that, we also are doing, again, all that support, um, all of the kind of consulting needs for our clients. So um, that has been our relationship with Accelerate and Salesforce since 2010. Excellent. Okay, so let's talk about this. Salesforce comes up all the time. It comes up all the time because it's the 800-pound gorilla in the sales in the CRM space, <laughs> so it deserves to come up all the time. And while I'm a Salesforce user, I will say the wonderful and terrible thing is uh, every strength is a weakness and every weakness is a strength. That's a jujitsu thing. Is that it can be and do almost anything. The problem is it can be and do almost anything and doesn't really do what you need it to for a specific thing out of the box. So if you're willing to invest the time and effort into the customizations of building your entire practice into Salesforce. You can spend a lot of time on a lot of money, but also get a lot of utility out of it. Not everyone's built for that. So talk to me about how the overlay basically solves for that problem. Absolutely. So I like to think of of firms and and our clients in particular, I often describe them as being sort of on a spectrum. Um, One end being kind of what you just described and the other end really just needing a system that's going to work really nicely for them, make sense, be easy to navigate and have the the tools and the components that they need to run their business and serve their clients. So within Accelerate, uh, what we're doing is, again, providing that out-of-the-box solution that is able to be and still intended to be sort of further customized. So tweaked to uh, a firm's specific needs, how they work, how they're structured. But straight out of the gate, we come along with uh, household structure or um, what we call an entity structure for working with households, businesses, separate trusts, um, handling alternative investments and how to keep those within within the CRM alongside all that other data uh, prospecting, obviously. Uh, we have our process engine, which is a way to create some standardized templates and then reuse those templates when you're doing those same things that have some uniformity to them and some consistency that you do for your clients year in and year out. Uh, we 
have custom objects for things like tracking centers of influence um, that we call relationships. We have an assets and liabilities uh, object to uh, allow you to either uh, connect to an integration to bring in that that data or um, enter things that you happen to to know about or that come up over time. We have tracking uh, perspective new business or sales processes for clients that are doing insurance sales and other things. There's more that uh, that I'm blanking out on. Uh, planning roadmaps is a newer one. It is mm-hmm. kind of the beginnings of sort of a current such a snapshot of clients' current focus. What's going on in their lives? What are they concerned about? What are they interested in? And then the things that you're handing off to them, what we're calling a planning assignments. So what are, what are you telling your clients they need to do? Sort of a way for them to have homework and keep track of where they're at on their homework, what, what they're doing, what they've been able to accomplish as that's helping you move towards accomplishing the goals in that, in that current focus here. So that's one of the new objects that we've, we've come out with within the last couple of releases. But essentially, we, are, we have all the building blocks there for you. We have a really nice platform. And then we also encourage you to customize it. We kind of use the tagline, the CRM custom fit for you with the idea that we want you to think of it like you're taking it off the shelf. And then we want you to take it to the tailor, make some incremental changes, shift page layouts around, take fields off the page that you don't need or add fields that you do want. So that at the end of the day, you have not only the data set that you need and want for your firm, the way that you're structured, the way that you work, the clients that you're serving, all of those things match. And then you can have it look and feel like you want to. So page layout changes, uh, where things need to show up, depending on, again, what kind of user it is that's looking at it or what kind of record it is that you're working with. All of that's able to be done. That's all Salesforce, kind of the normal, one of the normal, really good pieces about Salesforce is that pliability and flexibility. And that's able to be fully taken advantage of within Accelerate as well. Excellent. So at the end of the day, you're basically giving people a turnkey. Here's the financial advisor experience based on all the feedback we've had and all the positive stuff we know, but you're layering that over top of the most powerful CRM, most flexible CRM that exists. And by doing that, I mean, it's kind of the best of both worlds, right? You're getting, you're getting the, no longer do I have to figure out everything and enter in every cell that's relevant to my, to my type of business. Cause you're taking care of that. But at the same time, Hey, all the pliability, all the, all the ability to change things that's still there. So knock yourself out. So excellent. It's, it's great. So, so talk to me about like how the user journeys inform how the, the, the product itself is informed by the user's journey. You must be getting a lot of feedback from advisors on best practices or what they want to see. Cause you know, we're a demanding bunch. You know, it, you are, you can be a demanding bunch, but I, it's a lot of it is so much, so much out of necessity. I always say I never envy the the folks on the other side of the line evaluating all the different products that they're potentially evaluating, all the the, just the variety of different things that a firm in today's market needs to be using or is trying to kind of maximize from a tech stack perspective. So you are absolutely correct because we. We're a little bit different in the Salesforce space in that we are not a transactional relationship. We don't just sell you licenses and then sort of move on. We are doing your ongoing support. We are doing your onboarding and kind of ongoing consulting if needed. So we do have sort of a, a, a finger on the pulse of what clients are asking for, what their requests are. And we take all those in. We, we call those features internally. And we have features lists that we meet on to determine roadmap, what's coming into the next release, what makes the most sense. Alongside that, we are also keep trying to keep up with uh, changing things. Like in the US, for instance, um, RMD age um, has changed mm. dramatically. 
or and I continues say, to continue, constantly. Like, continue to change. How many yeah, times so, in the last couple of years is actually getting annoying? Uh, I'm track. Yeah, so we're on our third. Yeah, we used to have a very straightforward formula tracking for um, age turn 70 or date turn 70 and a half. We then updated that to date turn 72. We then were faced with uh, Secure Act 2.0 to change that to be date turn 73. And in fact, we ended up rewriting kind of the way that we're calculating RMD to, to really span within someone's client base. They could have clients that are, are that were already eligible at yeah. 70 and a half and are still taking it, are now eligible at 73, were already eligible at 72, or now won't be eligible until 75. So we've kind of rewritten the way that we're doing that in the system to care for those kinds of things. So that's just another another lens that we try and look through to make sure that the system is adapting to those industry changes as well. And also evaluating which of those makes sense to be built into the system um, in that, you know, RMD rules are RMD rules. So every firm that has RMD eligible clients, sort of these dates are going to track, those ages are going to be pretty consistent across the board. Another example of something we didn't build into the system that was a that was an industry change was uh, form CRS, which happened right on the heels of the COVID outbreak in 2020. I think summer of 2020, the firms were informed that they now needed to provide a form CRS to clients for a variety of different interactions. And so because that might be done or want to be done differently, again, depending on a firm structure, their uh, employee structure, who's handling what the roles in which they're filling, we instead had a, a webinar of, you know, these are the different ways that you can track form CRS or identify which things needed or document that you provided it and sort of went that route. So we're, we balance those kinds of things as best we can. You know, what is something that makes sense to get built into the system that is uh, going to be kind of a general need across the board versus providing, we do different webinar series throughout the year to provide more insight on tools that you have addressing, again, industry needs like things like form CRS and other items and just how to get better use out of your system because that's kind of the number one question any client asks me when I talk to them or do a check-in is like, yeah, what can I be doing better? Like, I'm sure there's something I could be doing better. What are those things? And so filling those gaps is another thing that that we work to do with those different educational series we provide. Excellent. So, I mean, it's more than just, I mean, clearly what you're talking about is more than just CRM. I mean, you're supporting the business from everything from RMD calculations to form population, right? So basically really taking advantage of the robustness of, of the Salesforce platform, right? Because, you know, a lot of CR, people come to me for CRM stuff all the time. Like, which one do you use? My, mine is like, that's irrelevant. If you're looking for an <laughs> for a digital Rolodex, like Outlook will work, right? It doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know, but, the, but the more and more you want to do, the more the harder that becomes. So what you're doing makes a lot of sense. You're really kind of adding so much more CRM should not, I almost think that, t- that term's terrible, right? Because all you think is relationship management. You don't think about mm-hmm. business workflow enablement, which is what you're really doing there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I like to try and get people to think about a CRM being an employee. What can you have that employee doing for you? What what has it done for you lately? What have you been able to offhand to it? When you're sitting on top of the Salesforce platform, you have you can think about it that way. Like to your point, it's not just a repository where you're entering, kind of constantly dumping information into. It's also able to look at that information, provide you insights unearth that information and reporting and dashboards and everything, and even then pull that information back out. So there's a lot, I think, of jobs that the CRM could be potentially helping firms with. And I think that's also something that that firms feel a bit overwhelmed in. And and so it doesn't have to be, it could be some very deeply intricate, fancy automation that's folding your laundry and unloading your dishwasher. Sure, you could get into 
some really deep things, but there are also a ton of really simple little things that can be done in the system that takes essentially time or really adds time back to somebody that's doing those things manually or kind of doing those things in a repetitive way. There's a lot of stuff that can get handed off to the system to streamline that or at least free up some time from those folks doing it. Yeah, I really like that. It's more so the, the fact you're talking, you're equating that to a digital assistant for back of mm-hmm. And frankly, I also think that that's the kind of mindset they need to have about technology too often becomes like, what's this going to cost me versus what is the productivity gain, right? Like, whereas when they're talking about employees, right, they typically think, okay, that employee is going to cost me X, but then I also am going to give them Y work to do that needs to be done. I find that that sort of mathematics in your mind doesn't always go there with technology with a lot of the less techno savvy advisors, right? So the fact that you're framing it that way has got to be very helpful for them to kind of get that all together. Yeah, I also think, thinking about it that way. One of the other things that I find is that kind of with, you said, you know, you kind of, uh, you're a group that has a lot of demands or you want a lot out of your systems. But I do find that it's it's interesting to me that kind of going back to the employee example, uh, I feel like a lot of firms don't always investigate the full breadth or depth of the technology they have. What is it doing for me now? Could it be doing more for me? And instead, maybe go outside and look for additional technology to kind of fill in those gaps that they can see. And I think of that from an employee standpoint. If you if you identify gaps within your staff, I don't know that every firm's first instinct is, yeah, let's go hire somebody new to do these things. But there's more investigation into who else is there somebody else in the firm that could be handling these things? Where are those gaps? Why do we have those gaps? I feel like there's more investigation there. And I I wish for I wish for firms that they spend kind of that same level of evaluation looking at their current technology before they go to replace it or add on to it. Because oftentimes it's like I've used this example before, but it's like my iPhone. I have a iPhone Pro Plus, like nonsense. I don't need any of that stuff. It does all kinds of things that I have no idea what it's doing. And so it's just sort of that idea that there's a lot more sophistication probably under the hood for a lot of the technologies firms are using, and they just don't think about it all the time as what else could this be doing for me that it's not. Yeah, it's funny. The uh, I mean, you kind of nailed and hit upon one of the things that always drives me nuts about people in technology is you know the where a lot of the implementation always falls down is in in the individual's willingness to actually take the time to learn it, right? Like how many people go through the actual full training videos or the manuals or anything like that. And then they're like, oh, well, this isn't doing what I needed to. Well, what does he need to? And then, you know, have to, I'm sure you guys got to have the time. like, yeah, we do that. It's right here. Got to do X, right? And, and that's a common frustration amongst all tech implementers, right? It's just, it's, it is what it is. But you're right. If they can take the time to learn a little bit more, they'll find that most of the things they're paying for do more than they're aware of, just like your phone. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. So basically, you're, this is where you know you're currently at a place where you're you're a successful business that basically caters to financial advisors by leveraging a best in class platform in a unique vertical, which is a great trend and place to be as a good sweet spot. What is it that you guys are working on? Where do you see this going with some of the, the other technologies you want to integrate with or or potentially work with in the next little while? So Salesforce is like I I think of kind of being in the Salesforce ecosystem is like getting on the mechanical bull at a bar <laughs> or something in that it is so, it's so powerful. It's so impressive. It is constantly evolving and moving and changing. And so part of our job as a, as a Salesforce partner and as an overlay partner is to hold on and to be able to basically move in every direction that it's moving. So trying to take 
all that Salesforce is providing, their new updates, their new features, and filter it through to our clients to say and sort of be able to highlight those things that do make sense, you know, would be helpful, are useful. You know, that's another, just Salesforce in general uh, is, as you know, um, is a huge ecosystem and there's a lot going on. And so being able to sort of filter and disseminate information to our clients of what impacts them, what matters to them, what's important to them, what's useful to them. That is something that we have sort of taken on our shoulders because we think it's a, just a huge, it's a huge value add, but it's also kind of a necessity uh, for our clients to be able to kind of feel confident that they can, they can uh, let that go a little bit and let us look out for them for, again, those new features, those new items that they can be taking advantage of. From a product standpoint, we are, right now, we are actually working on developing some more items on our roadmap, looking at doing a couple redesigns on some things, all, again, all based off of uh, client feedback, client needs and requests, um, and also looking at that mechanical bull, that moving and changing bull since, you know, we've been in the Salesforce ecosystem over a decade now, kind of revisiting some of the things that we've had in the system and updated and looking at kind of the way that Salesforce works now, doing a reevaluation on that, how it works now versus how it worked 10 years ago, 12 years ago, they're very different. So trying to make sure that we as a company are optimizing all of those things. And then the other kind of really big thing that I think our clients lean on us a lot for, and, and I personally think is a huge, huge value add and really probably the biggest gap in the Salesforce ecosystem for firms in the financial services space is being an ongoing resource um, from an ongoing support standpoint, having a trusted confidant that you can reach out to and you have questions that understands your industry, understands many, I will never say all, of the acronyms you might throw at us um, or okay. all of the regulations or anything that there, I'll never know all of them, but I, we try our hardest to keep up with all of those, all of those different acronyms. And um, being able to provide the different sessions that we do, the training programs. I know you mentioned training. Uh, we have a, a training program that we provide to clients onboarding and uh, clients can go back through it at any point. That's also being updated as Accelerate and as Salesforce are growing and changing. It's a lot to keep up with for a firm if they're doing all those things on their own. And so our focus is making sure that we're we're an ongoing partner and our clients are able to and open to and know that they can kind of come knock on our door anytime to ask questions, look for ideas, look for yep. suggestions on how to do things. Yep. And it's funny, you mentioned keeping up to date on the mechanical bull. It's Salesforce is one of those ones where I pretty much like even I won't keep up with the release notes because like there's so many verticals they service, so many products they service, right? Like it's hard, it really legitimately is hard to keep up with that. So I try to look for keywords and filter through it. But for the average <laughs> non-techie person, I can see how it'd be overwhelming. And again, back to the challenge of does your thing actually do what you needed to already, but do you know? And the reality is, is that with something like this, it's, it's constantly evolving. And I've seen people throw time and effort into building something custom without realizing it was already in the data model somewhere or, or something. Yeah. So, so you, and, and that, I mean, you're doing that, it's a huge waste of time because at the end of the day, like as Salesforce continues to evolve their functionality around the data model they built, you don't benefit from that, right? Like you got to migrate to it sooner or later. Sure, sure. And just the other, I think the other pressure that that I see in talking with clients and, and prospects even is, I think it's the pressure we all feel, but you know, every time you open LinkedIn or the internet, it's AI this or AI that or automating this or kind of this pressure of like, we should all be 
doing all of these things. And I, mm-hmm. I sort of picture, I sort of picture clients and, and people that I'm speaking with just sort of milling about, not knowing which direction to go in, but feeling this urgency, like they're supposed to be doing something, kind of that idea of I should be doing something better. And I think that's another kind of another thing that we're probably going to see a lot of is just feel uh, questioning, what should I be doing? What are you doing? What is the system doing for me that in this whole line of AI, I should be using AI in some way. Um, I love the entire, so like, let's feel the pressure of like, it's funny. I've been on like, I've been on, I'm on various boards and whatnot. And they're like, someone will throw up a topic. It's like, oh, AI. Like, okay, why is that on the agenda? Well, I think we should think about it. Okay, well, what do you want to think about it? Well, I don't know. I'm just yeah. worried about it. I'm like, that's not an agenda item. Right? Like, and it's yeah. like, I get, you're, what you're saying is you're scared and you don't understand. Fine. There's the time and a place to, to do that. But at the end of the day, like, you know, just because you hear the a buzzy word, we're peak AI hype cycle right now. Now, give it six months. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, I think what I try and kind of bring people back down to is the way that your firm operates probably is different than the next firm and how they operate. And that's part of your value add. That's you do what you do in the way that you do it. And that's your sales pitch to clients on how to, on why to work with you. And so think about that and think about your day to day. Have your users think about their day to day and pick out things that don't fit. They you're doing manually a lot. You're scrolling to the bottom of the page, like get some low hanging fruit on if if you want to be improving things, have a clear picture of what those things are, and then let's do it. And that's kind of where they can lean from from our perspective. That's where they can lean on our support team. That's where they can lean on our consulting team. But our president actually reminds us all, he has two famous taglines that she uses with our support group and our consulting team. And it's, what problem are you trying to solve? So to your point, the AI is, you know, what, why, what are we going to talk about? You know, why is this on the agenda? Our question to clients is always, what problem are you trying to solve? We, we oftentimes get clients that bring us the end solution that they want to see implemented. And we want to start at the very beginning. We want to understand the problem so that we can, again, make sure that the solution is going to be correct. And the other one she always uses is uh, the whole idea of how do you eat an elephant? It's one bite at a time. So it's really hard to, when you're feeling kind of that frenzied, I should be doing something, things should be better. There's all this stuff I should be doing. Kind of that should, when you start shooting all over yourself, then uh, you kind of have to stop and get some bites, uh, separate those bites out and figure out how to move forward. And, And I just feel this huge sense of in talking with folks, I just feel this huge sense of uh, sort of, again, pressure and feeling like, again, they should be optimizing things, but they don't even know what they mean by optimizing something all the time. They just know that there's all this stuff out there that is happening and trying to keep up with it along with their CRM, along with all, you know, the 10 other things in their tech stack and the industry and the market and all the other things. It's a lot. So um, it's an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic that I think we will continue to ebb and flow through. Now, one other thing before we wrap up with the, the Blue Sky questions I want to commend you on is one of the things that often shocks advisors is the transition cost from CRM to CRM. And you guys went so far as to actually put this on your website that like, let's just <laughs> dispel any myths about this, right? So, I mean, people look and say, okay, great. You know, your product costs like $75 per user per month. That seems reasonable. I'm going to pay less. I'm going to pay like $1,000 a year for this but every transition sucks. So talk to me about what people can expect when they're moving to any CRM, not just yours. Yes. So transition can be, transitions, it's never fun. Nobody like walks around thinking, oh, I can't wait to transition my technology. I can't wait to 
they might be excited about the, the new features or something, but the idea of actually kind of going through the migration and the training and the, all of that is, I don't think is on anybody's wish list. One of the things that we do and that I think is important for anybody considering transition is making sure that whoever you're working with understands not only the system that you're going to, obviously, but the system that you're coming from. Data, I don't care what system you're coming out. I don't care if it's Outlook. I don't care if it's a, if you built a CRM 20 years ago. The data is the most valuable part of your business. It is everything. It's every note. It's everything about your clients that you've ever kept. So data migration is huge importance. I think everybody knows that, but actually breaking it down to like those, that's, that's your not that's your brain. That's essentially mm-hmm. your brain um, that you're having someone transplant into another body for you. So we, within our company, we do our clients transition projects. And so the best example that I give people when thinking about this is uh, we do that transition project. So we handle your data migration. We have a great team that handles the mapping. We've, we've mapped from just about every CRM that you can imagine. We've mapped from Outlook backups, all kinds of different things over the years. And so we have a very seasoned team that's done that a lot. We do test migrations. We have a lot of interaction with with our clients in doing that. We have training happening at that point. There's there's a lot of collaboration between the firm and our team. So there's there's a lot of uh, communication back and forth, which is uh, one of the things that we always get really good feedback on is just how well our project managers communicate with the client to kind of give them a an idea of how the brain surgery is going and an opportunity to kind of give feedback along the way. That training program is, I think, another really important piece that folks should look for when transitioning. And we have no expectation that anybody going through training is going to memorize every single thing they saw and it's going to remember every little bit. But any amount of familiarity that I thinking about sitting down day one in a new system and and being able to look at it and feel like, okay, I've seen this before. I kind of remember where that is or what that is versus sitting down and logging in and going, okay, well now what? Well, I don't even know what this is, or you know, I don't I don't know where to click to find this thing. So having some familiarity, I think, is a huge benefit from some sort of training program. And our train our transition projects generally take about six to ten weeks. That's another thing that shocks people. Uh, I know there are others out in the industry that get quotes in the six month range, year range, those kinds of things for transitions. We do again all of those transitions for our clients. So that team is very well versed in sort of having a conveyor belt of projects happening, bringing them on and kind of massaging them into the next the next starting point. And so we kind of get the benefit of that. But the best example that I can give is like, if you think about moving CRMs, equating it to moving, right? We've all, we've all moved before. Mm-hmm. Some moves, you just throw stuff in boxes and like, get it over to the other house. And then whatever happens to it, happens to it. But we're essentially kind of full service movers. We're coming into your existing home. We're packing up all of your things and labeling it correctly. We're then picking it up and moving it over to your new house, unpacking it, making sure it's in the right and proper location. And then we're going to live in that house with you. So if we screw up any of that stuff that happened in the move, that is now our environment that we're living in alongside with you. So I think that's another, we have a vested interest in making sure we do a really good job on your transition because we're going to turn around and be your your ongoing partner. We're going to continue to work with you and support. We are going to be kind of readily available sort of at your beck and call. So we don't get to move all package all your stuff up and move it all over and then unpack it and run out the door and not really care if your dishes are in your bathtub or something. We have we if your dishes end up in your bathtub, then we are going to be the ones that fix the dishes in the bathtub. So it 
all of those relationships that we have from the beginning of the sales process to being an existing user and an ongoing user, they all bleed into the next one. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, the thing is about the, it's more, it's funny because it's kind of like you're an overlay to Salesforce, but you're also an overlay to the service deficiency Salesforce has, which is a big issue that most people don't realize, right? So the support in Salesforce is largely handled through DIY stuff on, on their very good learning, learning systems. But a lot of the kind of white glove service that you're used to with smaller CRM, like that most of us would expect from service provider, they don't necessarily do. They're a large enterprise provider, right? And then the second piece is, again, we typically have to rely upon third-party consultants for development of the product and especially migration. And like you said, like typically in those cases, you're hiring the mover, right? Like you're hiring the mover, it's done. You know, you probably don't want to see them afterwards versus you guys are kind of rounding, you're, you're creating a niche vertical specific offering for Salesforce. And then you're rounding out the deficiencies in, in the experience simultaneously. So well done. Makes a lot more approachable. That's that's our goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excellent. So before we wrap up, there's three questions I asked and on a positive note. The first one is if you had one wish for something you could change in your company, or the industry as a whole, what would it be? Mm, I'm trying to decide if I should, I'm trying to think of a serious answer and a, my instinct is to give you a funny answer, but I'm going to try and go with a serious answer. Funny works. Like, okay. Man, why is this question, of all the questions, why is this one hard? One thing that I could change. Oh, this is the one that stumps everybody. So, oh man. We can come back to it. You can pass and come back to it later. All right, pass. I'm going to come back okay. to it. Second one. What has been the biggest challenge in the company to where it is today? The biggest challenge is getting the correct information into the ears of people. And what I mean by that is Salesforce itself is a very, just the word is very polarizing idea to a lot of people in this industry. And then kind of alongside that, it's this idea that we're Salesforce, but we're not Salesforce. How are you different? How are you better? It's kind of that getting our messaging to people in a way that is, is relatable. Oftentimes I, I feel like it's more understood. Uh, what I tell people we do and why it's a value is more understood for people that don't go with us initially sometimes and then come back to us once they've learned what I meant by what I said. I was going to say a question only answered by only the people who've never used Salesforce would ask, like, how are you? Why would this make sense to go with you instead of someone else? Like, well, sure. all the pain you had, we alleviate. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, what something about, I'm sure there's some saying about uh, lesson learned or lessons learned once a lesson is better learned once you've experienced it yourself. It's the, it's the idea of don't touch that that's hot. Yeah, um, exactly. And then touching, you got to touch it to know that it's hot. Sometimes. What's burnt tw- twice shy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Okay. And then the, we'll see the last question. We're going to come back to the, to the first one later is what excites you the most about what it is you're working on and keeps on getting up in the morning to fight the good fight. This is. I personally love the conversations that I get to have with prospective clients and existing clients. I love basically everything I've gotten to learn from about the industry. I've been um, in my kind of space or my role since 2015. I've been with the company since 2013. And essentially everything I've learned about the industry have been with in with conversations with clients and with prospects. And I like to feel like I am fighting the good fight and um, we are working to provide access to resources and help so that our clients can be successful. So that's really what gets me excited is what can we be doing? What more can we do that helps clients get to 
what, where they're trying to get, what goals they're trying to achieve. You know, that's really what I think about uh, all the time. And really what brings new ideas to the table sometimes from my side is just, what do they need? What can I give them? I like to think of kind of being on their level and trying to trying to work alongside them and work with them and, and hopefully be a catalyst to to helping them reach their goals and, and kind of achieve what they're trying to do within the firm. Excellent. Fantastic. I'm sure people appreciate that. Now back to the first question. If you had one wish or something could change in your company, the industry as a whole, what would it be? Uh, let's see. If I, I'll do, I'll do semi-funny. I would add a sabbatical into the company. Mandatory sabbatical every couple of years would be, would be pretty cool. And industry as a whole, God, I would make integrations easier. <laughs> I've heard I that would before. Im- I would improve integrations for sure. Yeah. Yeah, especially, yeah, what can I say? The vast majority of the industry was not exactly developed API first. So um, doesn't exactly mean, it doesn't make it easy. I'd say some of the newer tech does have a strategic advantage in that regard and that it is a lot easier to build that out. But man, yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Excellent. Excellent. So Jennifer, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. So that was Jennifer Thomas from Accelerate. Hope you enjoyed that. And if you're in the market for a CRM as a financial advisor, definitely worth taking a look at Accelerate. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please review on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is that your podcast. And until next time, take care. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at jasonperera.ca.